Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm an exercise physiologist and a nutritionist, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. Hey, folks. Rob Fortress Fortney here. I'm a former editor at Muscle Mike International, former competitive bodybuilder, and all-around strength enthusiast and metal, metal guru. 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 Nice. This is Phil Stevens. I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete. I run Lift for Hope. I run my facility, Strength Guild. And uh, just an all-around sexy mammal. Well, there, there's no question. Yeah. Indeed. So, got it. news. <laughs> uh, news? Yeah, I got I got one piece that we can share, um, just in case there's anybody out there that is uh, taking this supplement. Um, the FDA came out with uh, an announcement Tuesday um, about a supplement called Oxy Elite Pro. They have had more than 20 cases of unexplained hepatitis that have been linked to it. Um, all the cases have occurred in Hawaii as of yet. Um, of the 29 cases of acute non-viral hepatitis with an unknown cause that the health agency is investigating, 24 share a link with the supplement. So 24, 29, that's pretty high. But according to the Hawaii Department of Health, 11 people have been hospitalized with hepatitis, two people have needed liver transplants, and one's dead. Um, the FDA is uh, and Center for Disease Control are looking into it. Um, health officials advise people to stop taking the supplement for the time being. And uh, there's an ongoing government shutdown of the... And I'd like to just say that Iron Radio, here at Iron Radio, we're pulling for the dead guy. What do you mean? We're going to hope he comes back to life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we're pulling for them. Um, USB Labs at the bottom here also told uh, Hawaii News that the uh, company is stopping nationwide distribution of the supplement. So, if I can uh, add, so yeah. let me add something from WebMD quickly because this is a point that jumped to my mind. And here's an actual. <laughs> By the way, WebMD it, it's a pretty legitimate source in general. There's a lot of. Uh, Stuff on the internet makes me wonder, but this says uh, many people mistakenly think that hepatitis means viral hepatitis and that all forms of hepatitis are contagious. Actually, the word hepatitis is a catch-all term that simply refers to inflammation of the liver, the irritation or swelling of liver cells from any cause. So itis, of course, just means inflammation. Um, so anyway... Uh, unknown, it sounds like, what, from what you said. So um, yeah. clearly hard on your liver. Uh, and, you know, yeah. I... Well, and the hard part, too, is, God, I mean, because all these things, I mean, from what I know of the industry, most companies' stuff are made at, like, two or three places. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times th- that company doesn't have its direct hands on what's being made. And it could be a freaking screw-up that somebody else's fault. You know, is the bad thing. And it's like the company, companies trust in another larger company to make what they want it. So yeah, God, you never know, and that's the tough thing. And it's uh, but until the whole shit blows over, it's buy one get one for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I mean it's something to watch out. If you're if you're, I, I would probably cease and assist 
on the uh, um, supplement until. So yeah, if you have that in your cupboards, you might want to just wait. Yeah, regardless whether it's a raw materials issue or it's something happened yeah. in the bottling sec part of the show or whatever. Who knows? I mean, since it's it's also localized to Hawaii, so that's kind of questionable. You'd think. I mean, because it's a probably a worldwide supplement. So how did just you know, yeah yeah good question. How did it just go to an area in Hawaii? You it's know? a good question. I don't know. So, yeah yeah uh, yeah. Anyways, that's what I got. Except for my belt. I broke my belt last night, guys. Uh, I've had that same belt for like a decade. In action or not in action? I was going to squat, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was the belt I've worn for like the last 10 years to every competition I've done. And I, a tear came to my eye. But I got it fixed. So Oh, you got it I fixed? I get, yeah, I thought I was going to have to get you a new belt, but I got it fixed. So. He also has his, pan, his dress pants all freaking modified so he can wear it as a dress pant belt. Yeah. Well, I got a new singlet, too. That it was a huge failure. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a little short from from shoulders to crotch. Uh, yeah, it's it's just bad. Is that the one with the rhinestones? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My wife actually threatened to divorce me if I wore it to a uh, uh, a competition. Wow. So. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Hey, um, there were some questions when I threw out that it was just going to be the three of us again. There were some questions on our Facebook page about what we're up to in the gym. Uh, I have one tidbit that might be of interest to people who are not really in a peaking cycle. But, Phil, let's talk with you first because you you are about to peak for your uh, big yeah. deadlift. Yeah, big deadlift and fairly big squat. So I'm in the stage right now where, geez, I got this week and next week to train. So the last two weeks has been nothing but fairly heavy singles and then some drop sets after that like uh geez what did i do tuesday i went in and just hit the last three weeks it's been hitting singles at six so five um and just get really good at fairly heavy singles okay now uh, now let me ask though i thought you would only peak out sort of in the training part with triples i didn't know you did singles like that no i do i do triples most of the time up up towards the end and then i the thing is anybody who's done well squatted, you know, fairly good weight is, you know, you're hitting triples and fives and stuff like that, and a lot of time rep two and three feels better than rep one. Yep. Um, I need to get it to the point where rep one is perfect. You know what I'm saying? But these are sub-singles, though, right? They're not max. Right, yeah. right. No, I'm, they're my opener is all they are. I'm hitting my opener for singles. And I'm just getting really good at hitting my opener is all I'm doing. Uh, the, all the strength, I'm not going to gain more strength than the last month. Yeah, It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, all my time now is spent in this last month recovering and just getting good at fairly heavy singles. So and I just need to be able to walk up and just hit that single perfect. Phil, I know part perfect. of your strategy was to simply weigh more and have the leverage to lean back, you know, in the deadlift, yeah. and, and obviously it helps in the squat, too. Are you feeling that leverage? I mean, are you feeling bigger? Yeah, I feel good. I'm the, this will be the heaviest I've ever walked into a meet. So, That's fine. Um, That's fine. I'm like 280. So, um, the heaviest I've weighed in at the 275 class is 262. So, I'm 18 pounds heavier than I've ever That's got to be enough to make a difference. Yeah, it, it's definitely making a difference. And, you know, yeah, it's going good. I hit 700 for an easy triple and deadlift a few weeks back. Um, Wimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, 600 
you know, I'd never, with my hip and everything, and accident as a kid, I never figured 600 would be an easy squat for me. But it's like, it's one of those weights I feel like I can come in any day and just put my training wraps on and hit it. So, I mean, without my competition wraps or anything. So, um well, that's, that's I mean, my, be a my confidence booster right there. Yeah, because my training wraps are like as light as you get, and they're about ten years old, so there's just nothing left to them. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm feeling good. I'm ready to go. My number one thing is just keeping the keeping my weight up and not doing too much. I need to do enough to keep keep myself peeking out, but not not too much. And the number one thing is just getting recovered. My my big thing is I'm I'm getting older and smarter, and I'm. I'm just learning to back off. Like, dude, you're not going to gain any strength. Yeah. Just get what you planned, get out, and uh, and keep the weight up. And it's a little hard for me to keep the weight up now because I'm not training hard, so I'm not as hungry. But, um, I, no, it's going good. Let me ask you, Phil. Um, do powerlifters do stupid shit like bodybuilders do in the last, the last moments, you know, the last week or two before an event to try to get that little extra way, edge? Way, way, way too often. That's probably the number one mistake. So it's the same thing. People, they're in that last few weeks, and i got to get one more set in. And it's like, no. I mean, like my last hard deadlift was, I'm two weeks out now. My last hard deadlift was like three weeks ago. So you're talking five weeks before the meet. Yeah. yeah. And uh, five training weeks and then a week off, so six weeks. But uh, Well, how well Rob, that I sounds been? like what you always say about you could take a month off of a squat, for example, and if you're in condition, you're not going to lose anything. If anything, you might be better when you come back a couple of weeks later. You know? No, without question. I mean, you put the time. Well, and, yeah. I mean, and out just sorry, Phil, just just to say how many. Or, I mean, for how long have I been spouting off about? I mean, all of us have, but I think the great the greatest thing standing in the way of even just average gym gym goers, as far as getting stronger and better performance, is just overdoing everything constantly. You know, yeah. I mean, you got to train hard and like a beast when you're actually there. But people are there way too frequently. And they do yeah. way too much shit that doesn't need to be done. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And it's, uh, you know, it's also people don't realize that what they hit, like what I hit in this meet, has nothing to do with my last month of training. That's all strength gained from three, four, six months ago. You know, it, that, the strength, that, that training that you're doing today isn't realized for a couple months down the road. You know, so there's nothing I can do in this last month that's really going to help me. Besides, you know, hit fairly heavy weights, stay used to it, get recovered, be fresh. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't just go sit on the couch for a month and go in there and expect to pull. No, right. But yeah, um, yeah. But I don't need to do anything stupid at this point. The number one thing is I need to not be hurt. Yeah, yeah that's right. it. And hit fairly heavy stuff and kill it. Sounds like Ed Cohn used to say that, didn't he? So, you know, number you one know, rule: don't get hurt. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I have people push it till five or six weeks out. Sometimes a little longer if they're newer lifters and they're still, you know, they're they're nowhere near their genetic potential, you know. And, you know, we can push a little longer because it doesn't take them as long to recover. But, you know, that's me. I've backed down to two and a half, three days of training a week, you know, and I go in and I freaking kill it. On my deadlift day, I deadlift. And then after I deadlift, I deadlift some more. And then we usually deadlift right after that. And then maybe a little more deadlifting. And I'm ruined, you know. Yeah. And uh, do you ever? Do I don't you, need to come do you in s- to squeeze in a few sets of deadlifts, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, you know what, Phil? As just a sort of a segue, that's something that I'm noticing too. Is I am because I'm a, a ball of injuries, and I'm ha- I have to lift early in the morning, which is a new thing for me. I am not a morning person, uh, but there is an 
ocean of difference between just getting your ass in there, like you say, punch the clock, like you're not trying to do maximal stuff, but you can't just lay on the couch either. There is an enormous amount of difference between getting in there and punching the clock, even if it doesn't feel like a lot, and just deciding not to go. I mean, that difference is enormous, and it's true probably with you right now, not to peak too soon or get hurt, and it's true with me. I am almost doing rehab-type lifts, you know, because it's 6.30 in the morning. Um, I'm I'm a ball of injuries and that sort of thing. But, you know, a little part of me, a whisper in the back of my mind says, well, why are you even going? You know, you're, you're squatting two and a quarter, 3.15, you know, for a couple. You're doing whole body kinds of things, you know, like circuits. And this isn't very exciting. Why bother? Yeah. But you got to fight yeah. back you know, against that kind of thinking, because why bother? Because there is, again, an ocean of difference between bothering with it at all. You know, you yeah. really got to go, you keep that range of motion, you te- keep your tissues conditioned, you know, your nervous system awake, all those sorts of things. Because if, yeah, a month off, when we say a month of doing nothing, um, it's not nothing that is in bed rest, nothing like you said. And you, so know, you, and you know what the thing is, too, it, it's, it's like... You know, it's been said so many times. I mean, if you're a hard trainer consistently for several years, I mean, yeah, taking a month off is not going to have any kind of outwardly visual detriment to your physique. Yeah. But but the nervous system and the neuromuscular funk, like the efficiency and and just just the, you know, being being consistent with feeling, as you're talking about, Phil, feeling the weight on you or under you or whatever... um, that is, I won't say quickly lost, but it's a lot faster lost than, you know, the muscle mass. Yeah. You know, so, oh, yeah. so I mean, the engine, you know, the the engine can just be sitting in the car and, you know, so nobody can tell the difference. But, you know, the, the fuel lines, the injectors are freaking yeah. rotten, you know. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you got to keep, you got to keep the voltage moving, you, you know, and, you know, kind of going through what you're saying, Lonnie, you, you kind of got to keep the voltage running through the lines. Uh, you do. I mean, how many different kinds of machinery, if you leave them sit, they tend to break somehow. But if they get regular, reasonable use, they, they hum along. You know, they keep yeah. humming. So. And that's, you know, that's the same in line with what I'm talking about, why I'm going a little heavier now in these last four weeks, is there's a difference of just, like, on the squat. You know, a lot of my training weight was at 5, 515, 520. There's a big difference in that and 605 and the way it just feels on your back. Mm-hmm. And I need to get used to, you know, just, okay, I know I got this, but I just got to get to where it just feels comfortable with nothing. You know, it's like, oh, it's just 600, you know. Right. And right. that first week, it was like, wow, this feels pretty heavy. It feels about 80 pounds heavier, you know. But <clears throat> now it's, you know, yeah. like I said, it's just going, okay, it's just another set of 600, you know, and I've hit it. You know, I came in and. I had plans to hit for singles. The first week I went in and hit one for a triple. And, you know, so. No, I'm, I'm planning on going. My goal is 700 squat, 800 deadlift. And this is the first time in my life, like, I feel like I could go in any day and hit six. And I can go in this. I've never felt like this on deadlift. I can, I mean, it's without getting super hyped up, none of that shit, just regular training day, come in, put seven on the ball, pick it up. And I've never been able to do that. It's always I got to get the music blaring, and get my hair raised up, and wah, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and now it's like, oh, that felt kind of heavy, but I was also just kind of nonchalantly coming up to the bar and picking it up. So, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're in a good yeah. mindset. Yeah, 
Yeah, and because I know, and that's my thing. I'm at that point where you were just talking about. It's like I just want the meat here. I'm done with this. I'm bored. <laughs> just get the freaking meat. Here. I'm bored. You know? <laughs> um, but because it's like, man, I've been picking up 700 for singles for the last two and a half weeks. You know, so um, I just want to give me give me a shot at that. But I know, come meat day. You know, when the adrenaline's rushing and this and that, all well, 700 gonna feel like cake. And then let's go 750, 800. You know. Yeah. So. Well, you're a meat mm-hmm. magic lifter, so that that's the plan, man. So, and if I don't get it, hey, I'll be back again to go more. And if I do get it, then I'll be back again to go 850. So, <clears throat> you know. glutton for punishment. That's right. Hey, let me throw in my tidbit before we ask Fortress. Uh, <clears throat> this is what I've noticed lately, uh, because I'm uh, a little bored. I'm taking the month of October to do. Uh, you know, sort of a conditioning phase, if you will. Like I said, you know, I'm literally squatting, pulling, uh, benching, all in the same workout with unimpressive weights, you know, compared to what I do if I do a theme day. But this is how I've, I've stumbled across making this more digestible, and that is during the work week, the only time I can squeeze in is before my day begins. You know, so I'm almost doing what <clears throat> uh, we had a guest on the show, Rich, who was at a competition in St. Louis with me, he was talking about just he'd wake up and he'd he'd slam 400 milligrams of caffeine on the way to the gym, blare metal on the way to the gym. Well, I'm not doing the 400 milligrams of caffeine. I think that would probably kill me. But the point is I do caffeinate and um, I'll listen to some kind of melodic, you know, um, very uh, atmospheric kind of metal on the way to the gym. Uh, I'm partial to some of that old iced earth stuff. But the point being is uh, – I go through the motions on Tuesday and Thursday early morning, and then this is sort of borrowed a page from Phil. On Saturday, I don't do the same thing again. You know, part of me says, "Oh, we'll just follow up and do another whole body circuit," but no, you know, damn it, I'm much more interested and enthused when I do a theme day. So that what I'll do is I'll rotate Saturdays, and maybe I'll do, uh, you know, my usual like a, a chest and arms day. And just get a big pump and just have fun with it and spend lots of sets and just get kind of crushed, you know. Or maybe it's squat day on the next Saturday. And I get up and the whole lead up to it is about squat, is about legs, you know. So that's a way for me to keep the conditioning phase in place because I need to do this because of injuries and I'm detrained and some of this sort of thing. Uh, And still have fun from almost a bodybuilding type perspective, you know, where you do – do your meat and potatoes lifts, but then you do some finishing pump lifts and all that sort of thing. You just get into a specific body part. And doing that on weekends has just made this so much more fun and tolerable for me. I'm not going to have a problem doing this for four to six weeks before I can get myself back into some body part training. Because, Rob, you always say this, and I agree with this, especially me my whole life. I've done a, a, a three-way, sometimes a four-way body part split and what am I doing with that? You know what I mean? I, I barely can squeeze in enough time because of work. And that's how my life has always been. I'm back and forth between the science and the lifting, you know, uh, sort of the Jekyll and Hyde parts of me. And uh, this is just a great way to address that. So if any of you guys are out there listening, if you are in a conditioning phase and it's boring you or you're doing the, you know, um, all, sort of all the big lifts in the same workout or, you know, major meat and potatoes kinds of lifts in a circuit, and if that's not exciting enough, then do that during the week as much as you can. Uh, well, not as much as you can, but, you know, two or three times during the week. And then take a fill Saturday and just slam some monster and, you know, blow the doors off. And it's just it's just more much more fun that way. Anyway.
Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So... Uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Hi, this is Dr. Lowry with an update on the protein book that you hear about in the ad at the end of the show. Uh, If you simply Google CRC Press in protein, uh, there's a new development. On the right side of the page, you can see ebook, and there's a purchase slash rent option. And the cool thing here is if you check that out now, because they have an agreement with Vital Book, uh, you can actually download the ebook for $69 US dollars. So that's 31% off the $99.95 uh, cover price. So that's pretty fantastic. $69, I think that's going to drop it into the affordable range for a lot of people. And you can even rent it. Uh, lower down the page, they have 180 day rentals and one year rentals. So you can access the book in electronic format and get some of this juicy information. So thanks. Hi, this is Rob Porch Sportney, and I'm here to ask that as the holidays approach and your thoughts turn to giving, you consider your friends here at ironradio.org. Over the past several years, we've heard and read hundreds of listener comments hoping that Iron Radio stays on the air for years to come. We are here for you. But like any other radio format, we're listener supported. That's where you come in. For just $4 a month, you can become a sporting member. Keep your weekly dose of education, experts, and gen talk flowing. Just go to www.ironradio.org and click on the $4 monthly subscribe button near the bottom of the page or click the donate button at the right of the page for a one-time donation. You are the Iron Brother and Sister. Thanks for helping us create a place for better internet programming for all strength and muscle sports and a happy holidays. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Yeah, no, I like to yeah, no, I, I mean, you kind of get me into it because I said several months ago I kind of uh, hurt my my hip and stuff. Um, so I'm still kind of recuperating from that. Um, but it is recuperating, I'm happy to say. Um, and I'm, 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 the last several weeks I am noticing market changes in that for the better. My bench I've been following just very traditional um, 
strength building on that, very systematic, um, like I like to do. Um, but I haven't been, you know, squat on the squat, and it's been very erratic, except for the last few weeks. And I've just gotten back to deadlifts, actually. Phil will be happy to hear. A couple weeks back, regular deadlifting. And, um, you know, you were talking about, Lonnie, about kind of like themes. Well, I totally know what you're talking about, because... You know, I'm 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 still at the point where now that I'm you know I am consistently squatting, deadlifting again, but I'm not. I don't think I'm quite where I want. I'm comfortable yet to 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 jump wholeheartedly into a program. So what I'm doing is I'm working on my volume and conditioning and all that kind of stuff for those two lifts. And yeah, I go in the gym for squats and stuff, and I have a theme, you know. And it might be, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, five perfect sets of ten with three fifteen. You know, nice and slow, and you know, like like Phil was saying, not aggressively. You know, just get on the bar, kind of serene, and do a nice, easy, smooth sets. Well, or I'll go. You are a champion of reasonably high weights with volume. It almost sounds like what Tate was talking about. You know, how he switched his gears a little bit, and he's going for more volume with higher weights. But what, when you talk about doing that many sets with three fifteen, you know, sets of ten, that's crazy volume times moderate weight. You know, and that's something you've always been good at. Yeah, well, my best actually with that, I've done 10 sets of 10 with 315, um, and I'm not quite there yet. But, you know, I'll probably do that in a couple of weeks just to, you know, just stuff like that, you know. But I, I'm thinking I'm probably about a month or two away from when I'm going to start really gutting it again on the deadlift and squat. So um, my bench has been coming up, and my waist has actually come down. Um, my body weight's come up, which is always a good sign. So... But I think that's predominantly because I have been more consistent with deadlifts and squats because, as anybody knows, you know, doing those two exercises routinely, um, those things are like just like furnaces for calories. So yeah. you almost can't, you know, if you're training them, you know, to any degree of intensity, you know, weekly, it's pretty much impossible to <laughs> almost to take too many calories in. Right, um, yeah. You know, so so yeah. So now that I've done that and I've thrown the squats and and, and plus because I'm doing higher reps too, right? So um, you know, like I I, th- I think I did 25 with 315 the other week, and then I uh, you know I'm just mixing things up a lot, you know. Yeah, and like you more say, calorie expenditure, you know. But like you say, I mean, for a guy like me who is very systematic and enjoys the kind of you know from what a lot of people would consider to be the monotony of you know, traditional powerlifting training as far as I actually I actually live and breathe off that kind of stuff. So if I'm not actually following something like that, um, and like I said for right now for squats and deadlifts I'm not, it's kind of a, it's kind of important for me to have a theme when I go in. And I have the whole week to kind of think of what I want to do with it, you know. So it's, so it's not something where I'm pushing maximum maximum weights or something. But, you know, like I was doing pause squats last week with 455, right? I just did multiple, multiple doubles um, with 455, you know, just pausing at the bottom for three seconds. You know, I did that, <laughs> did that for like an hour and a half. Like, so, you know, and just things like that, you know, it's like, okay, and, and, you know, I, at least a few days in advance, I've already kind of come to the, you know, come to what is the theme going to be. So that kind of gets my head wrapped around it. And that way, when I go into the gym, I can still have fun because, because you know, I'm a, I'm a heavyweight whore. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I just, I just, I just love it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard for me to get excited about doing anything like biceps or anything, you know, because it's just like, yeah. 
who gives a crap? You know what I mean? Like, I, if, if, it, if it doesn't involve at least a couple hundred pounds, it's hard for me to get worked up about it. So in, that, in this way, you know, I can still get excited about it. You know, okay, today I got to hit my quota, and my quota is, you know, this many sets of 10 or this many, you know, doubles paused or this many, like, whatever it may be, right? Um, so, yeah. Um, no, that's, that's good. And you know what? I think uh, the art of all this is to start to appreciate. You can go too far into the themes, you know, to the point that you're, if you're too thematic, and I mean, we've actually had a guy on the show uh, years ago. He actually did a different body part. He had like a seven part body part split, seven way split. You know, your frequency is too low to get anywhere, in my opinion, with that. But at the <laughs> same, at the same time, this is all about juggling life, you know injury, nutrition, work, all the things are a competition. All these things are why you're always fighting back. You know, you're always striving for perfection. Uh, even like Phil, when he's about to peak, he's already, he already let slip he's, the word, you know, the word 850. <laughs> so there, yeah. there's always that sort of, you're always fighting yeah. back. And that's sort of the challenge and the art of it is how many balls are in the air and sometimes some of them fall. You got to grab it and, and continue that pursuit of perfection, whether it's strength or size or whatever it is, you know, and just make it happen. And I think that's part of the fun of it too. Is you can't at any given time in your life you can't necessarily put all these things together. But if you plan carefully and systematically, like you were saying, Rob, or like Phil's been doing, you can get all the balls in the air at the right time and take that snapshot. You know, look, I got twelve balls in the air. You know, I'm. I'm uh, stronger than ever. I'm real more ripped or whatever it is. I'm peaked out. And that's always a challenge. There's so many variables, you know. You know, I've said many times, and this is, you know, f- you know, Phil 10, 15 minutes ago was kind of saying something that, just wording it differently than I word it, but the whole idea, or even you were kind of intimating the same kind of thing, Lonnie, the whole idea that, you know, like, why should I go today? You know, if you're if you're not, like, you know, shooting for something specific... For many years now, I've totally, and I've said this on the show probably a few times over the last few years, I believe that 95% of training, you know, appears to be, and we've used this term punch and clock, but it, it appears to be relatively not getting you anywhere. But that 5%, but it's, that 95% is preparing you for the 5%. Yeah. You know, and I th- again, I mean, Phil, you know what I'm talking about because you 15, 20 minutes ago you were saying basically the same thing. You know, and you can't forget that fact. You know, that punching the clock, doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, it's it's going to reap benefits. Like you're saying, Phil, about you know the strength that you're gonna you know display on the lifting platform at your meet is strength that has been kind of almost like you know um, brewing. You know, over the past year or two you know what i mean like yeah. so and you're you know and, and it kind of pulls forward like a wave you know you build up the wave it and does and it, in fact i just thought of another good analogy haha here it is so you know how the wave goes through the ocean and it's just kind of it starts off as a little ripple out in the middle of the ocean and then by the time it crashes into the freaking you know the beach it's this massive that's what that's what training is like you know you're kind of just a little ripple and you're moving and moving and moving and it's a consistency so yeah mm-hmm. you do got to get up you do got to get to the gym. You do have to get, you know, that electricity moving through the wires. And sooner or later, you know, that wave of training is going to crash. And the crash is going to be when you're going to break through to a different, you know, to a different level of performance. 
whether it's a, yeah. a you know a, a performance for you know with volume because you're you're seeking mass or you're or you're going from absolute strength or whatever it is that you're going for. Just and Rob, explode. let me add to that that. The term metabolic momentum, I think, is something I've heard in bodybuilding. It's even true with bodybuilding, you know, whether it's um, making that final push for size and leanness to peak for a competition, that sort of thing. There is this sort of background, I like your verb, brewing, uh, this very slow building momentum. And, you know, you don't hurriedly rush and just burn out and rush toward it, like you said. It's the... It's that brewing background, and like I said, in bodybuilding, I've always thought of that as metabolic momentum. With uh, with powerlifting, it's more maybe lo- more along the lines of uh, neurological, you know. But either way, yeah, like you said, you set that stage, and if the if the time is right, you let the wave build and you start to move toward that peak. You know, it's just fun. Yeah, it's, it's a whole fun. idea, you know that 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 old saying, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you necessarily should. Um, and that's true for most of the time when you when you are kind of a more veteran or high performing athlete of any description. You know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just because, you know, now of course it might be a little bit different because Phil's actually you know day, days away from a meet. But just because Phil can pick up eight hundred pounds doesn't mean he should always be picking up eight hundred pounds. Well, right. You know, and, and think at the beginning of his of this current strength cycle, something triggered Phil to say I've been brewing for a while I'm going to I'm going to start the beginning of a crest you know yeah there's something that makes that decision or you know you make that judgment and then then you pick like we said oh, before yeah. you put your name on the dotted line and then you start your countdown yeah, yeah. well I, you know I missed that I missed 804 shoot it's been two and a half years I was going to say a couple years yeah. yeah and then I did the 750 up in sack after an injury, and then I blew my bicep, and I went back and I pulled an easy 700 one year ago I, for my second lift and just stopped because that was my goal. And then it was right then. It was like, okay, this next year, I'm going to work up. You know, so it's been a year coming. But, I mean, it's literally been two and a half, three years since I went for a PR on deadlift. You know, and that's the di- yeah, but, but you know that really is truly the difference between a, an elite athlete and ninety nine percent of the guys you see in gym that are lifting weights. They're always pushing red line. You know what I mean? Like they're always. I mean, yeah, how many guys in this exactly. gym are, are always you know always forced reps and drop sets oh, yeah. and, and you know and just unlimited amounts of you know pec deck and bench press and and, and just fly. You know what I mean? They, they just do everything and everything and. Every set ends in forced reps, and every set, you know, and they're always redlining it. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. There's no brewing. There's no metabolic momentum there exactly. built I over mean, you, months. Exactly. You yeah. have to be smart, and that's not smart. That 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 no. might get guys somewhere. So, in fact, it's probably been, been responsible for more champion bodybuilders, you know, having yeah. the physiques they do. But I, but you know what? There's an all important important um, quality quality. Um, variable that's going into the success there, and that is the drug, the drugs, you know. And this is this is what has been sold to you know um, the muscle enthusiastic crowd for decades now. You know, certainly through all the magazines, and I'm the first one to talk about this. And you know, because I come from a magazine background, this kind of thing has been sold endlessly to young guys, you know, and they don't get it that yeah that th- these guys grow and become what they become 
despite what they do yeah. to, this, to themselves in the gym. Well, and the thing is, that's not to say, like, I, I, I 100% agree, but that's not to say, like, we go in the gym and we have a lackadaisical workout. I work freaking hard. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. But it's usually, absolutely. it's over time. It's like, oh, the first set was easy, and I'm doing the same set over and over and over again. Finally, that final set's freaking hard. Yeah. Well, no, but again, that's and again, that's the difference between training smart and just training yeah. mindlessly, aggressively, without knowing why you're doing something. And yeah, and I think it. it's also maturity. Too. I mean, I mean, it's like you, I mean, no, I'm not suggesting that any of us here train any less, you know, enthusiastically yeah. and aggressively and, and intensely than all these guys that I'm talking about who are just mindlessly doing. But it's it's a different kind of hard. You know what I mean? It, it's yes. it's. Because you have, like, like, you know, like we're talking about, you're brewing towards something, so you're doing things you know when to let off on the gas. Well, have you, as you have said before, Rob, it's people say, oh, dude, you had two reps left. Well, duh. Yes, I did. You know, because it's <laughs> well, not time. Or like, Phil, Phil is not rashly, hysterically trying to lift 800 pounds off the floor every time he goes yeah. in the gym. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, when I cut my seven high, I did seven over three, and I probably had five, you know, and it was like, well, I'm, my goal was three, <laughs> so I shut her down. And like we know? said, there's an ocean of difference yeah. between training yeah. hard and punching the clock and doing nothing, and I know what you're saying, Rob, the, the immature approach is, well, if I can't rashly run the drag race right now, every day, five times a week, whatever, uh, I yeah. won't do it. And instead, yeah. if you want to build and actually get the highest performance that you can, it's going to be a many months process. Yeah, it's just like you know, Olympians peak out every four years. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's a long run up to that. You know, everybody was saying like this last Olympics. Oh God, Usain Bolt's looking bad. His times aren't that good. And you watched him, and over the months, the year coming up to the Olympics, they kept getting faster. And they got faster, and he, you know, did enough to beat the world championship. And then, oh, he qualified, and then he knocked him dead in the Olympics. Oh, yeah, he was holding back. So somebody's ordering you know. a pizza, pizza, pizza. He's holding back for the right meat, and it's you know that's basically what I've been doing. And gosh, good heavens, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're so damn informal here, people. <laughs> so you know, and I wouldn't be going for. 800 and a 700 squat, if I, I'm i 90% sure it's there. It's not going to break my heart if it's not there. I'll be disappointed, but I'll get back on the boat, and okay, what do we got to do to get it? Yeah. Well, again, yeah. it's the difference between just abusing the vehicle and coming to a point where you're sophisticated enough to recognize that the vehicle needs to be, you know, finely tuned yeah. constantly, you know, and... And again, I'm not trashing on anybody who kind of is going through that whole thing because we've talked about this too. You know, the whole idea. You know, especially Lonnie and I have talked about this even in our articles. The whole, you know, th th there's a time and a place when you're really young where kind of being sadistic in your training is kind of like a rite of passage. Phil has talked yes. about that as almost requisite for what he's doing now. You know, the crazy volume, stupid bodybuilding. Yeah. Uh, over the top kind of stuff. Not that all bodybuilding is stupid, but uh, you know what I'm saying. That abusive, like I used to do a four on one off or a five days on oh, one yeah. day off cycle. What? You know? Um, yeah. But in some ways, it does help create some type of neural or soft tissue or even bone kind of strength and that stays off. I, I was right. about to say that. Certainly from a psychological standpoint, yes. it develops a, you, you develop a certain kind of a. 
you know, um, resilience because, I mean, when, when you, you know, you've only been training for a year and a half, you know, and you do a two-hour leg workout to the point, you know, you've done every leg machine and every, you know, barbell exercise you can think of, and you spend the next literally seven days not being able to walk. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, that develops a certain mentality, you know, that you can yeah. carry over in later yeah. years. When and you, we take it for granted, you know. Um, Rob, do you remember yeah. when we were in the lab, we were, we were, I was looking at the effects of um, how uh, muscle soreness r- sort of ruins your carbohydrate tolerance in a lot of ways. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we, we were doing like, I don't know what it was. We were doing like, I don't, what was it like? Was it five sets of five with 90% loads, all negative? Or it was, I can't remember the actual protocol, but the point was we specifically had to recruit people with weight training experience, with bodybuilding or some power experience, because I was afraid that what we were going to do to them, they would call 911 the next morning because they wouldn't be able to get up. They'd have that stinging soreness. And I think we take for granted. I, I mean, I actually enjoy that. That sounds really masochistic, but it's such a positive sign of growth and hypertrophy, you know, when you do negatives and you get sore and, and all that sort of thing. But I, you're right. I think for the 90% of people who resistance train, um, we take for granted that that would, that would shock them or they would look at that as a negative, you know. Oh, yeah. So. And, I, you know, I think the biggest part of that, I really think it is mental. It's that you <laughs> – You've got to know just how far that throttle will go before you can learn to back it off. You know, yeah. You've got to know how how much you can dump in that machine before it redlines. That's a good point. And then you can then you can ride it just above redline. Okay, I'm shutting her down for the day. You and know, then you look to make that yeah, you know you look to make that red zone further away. That's an amazing point. Huh? Exactly. You have to kind of know it's it, it's kind of like you know Tom Platts and I of course you know, reference things he's told me so often. But he's you, you know he's told me so many amazing things and he once told me. You know, because um, the whole thing was, you know, how important is it is for you know these people? Like, wh- why why do they build? You know, all these car companies, you know, sponsor these you know teams that put together these drag cars and these cars that do ex- like you know are extreme manifestations of a vehicle. And and his response to me was, again, I'm totally paraphrasing here, but basically what he told me is because. They learn everything for the everyday car from the extreme versions. Yes. Yeah. So, Rob, so, I so. still mention you. I usually say that's via Fortress because I, I can never remember that, that was a Platts thing. But it was Platts, I actually yeah. talk about that in class. People will say, why do we study elite athletes in exercise physiology? It's like, well, why do we have dragsters? It's the same thing. You know, mm. same thing. So yeah. you know what's possible. So then you can see what leads up to that or, you know, where everybody else stands. you got to know what's possible. Yeah, and so, you know, further to Phil's kind of line of thought here, yeah, I mean, on a personal level, you kind of have to develop over several years the idea of all these little markers, individual markers that are unique to you that you can recognize in your future years as a more high-performance athlete all these markers of where you are on that scale because we don't unfortunately have you know <laughs> gauges and speedometers and rpm gauges coming off our shoulders and i mean we might in the future but you know as of right now we don't all have all these gauges that you know can tell us exactly where we are so we have to feel it you know and we can we feel it through you know the motion we're, we're suffering l- lately because i mean let's face it and we i've talked about this a lot your emotions can actually really be a good indicator of where you are in training too 
you know. For uh, sure. Yeah. You know, so your emotions, your enthusiasms, um, you know, and, and all the classic markers, of course, your appetite and your body temperature when you like all that kind of stuff too. Um, but you know, and there's tons of variables that, that are, are markers that you do come to realize are unique to you, and that you actually are there for you to read. But and you know, Rob, I uh, I know we're going to wind down on time here. We'll, uh, actually, we'll probably end up tabling one of these topics that I had for us today. But there was a young guy in the gym that when I first came back from Minnesota, he said, oh, are you going to compete again? And I said, oh, son, I'll tell you the, uh, the number of things that have to line up just right for that to happen. Um, I can't just do that whenever I want. The timing has to be right. You know? And what you're saying is what I was trying to convey to him, you know, that if I've got um, a focus that's going to be – I'm going to be traveling and, or collecting lots of data at 5 o'clock in the morning. Or there are certain things with work. Maybe I don't want to start that peaking cycle at that moment. It would just be folly. You know, sometimes it's helpful to uh, train really hard when you're doing something else with your career. But you know what I mean? At other times, you just have to have the maturity to say, I'm going to have to just be in that 95% rippling wave pattern for a bit here. You know, because there's several things that have to line up. So. Okay. Um well, a lot of that was for Ronnie from our Facebook page. He he asked for that. He said, "You guys talk about your lifting," and that's that's what we got. Um, I, I I think in the future we're gonna take a look though at a topic uh, about mentors. We'll talk about our mentors and what we learned from the different ones uh, because I think that's huge. Everybody does a little bit of modeling of a mentor, you know, or role model type things. Uh, it's nice to know there's an example of something. I I have a, a handful of uh, guys in my mind that when I'm in a stressful situation, I still think back to what would they do, you know, and, uh, you flatter, you flatter me, Lonnie. <laughs> As I fall at the feet of fortress, uh, you know. <laughs> anyway, so I guess that'll be it for this week. Uh, but we'll, we'll pick up next time. Um, we're brewing some guests. That's sort of our theme this week, isn't it? The brewing, but uh, brewing some guests, and then we got some of these topics too, like the mentor topic, and um, I guess that's going to be it. Yep, it was a good one, everybody. Thanks, fellas. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding. Um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the iradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes, everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, 
practical applications and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state-of-the-art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount, however. Obviously, I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because, like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place that's modern literature instead of what a, perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any, on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.